Everybody, welcome to another edition of Strangers in the Alps podcast. Hello. Again, you got Gabe here. Henry's on the other end. How are you? Yes, sir, dude. I am fantastic. And listen, a very, very happy day of the dude to you, my man. Oh, it is. It's day of the dude. I completely forgot about that. It is, man. It is March 6th, 1998. <laughs> Except it's uh, 20, 2019 now. But Yeah, whatever, man. You're only, what, <laughs> about 30 years behind, 20 years, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's all right. That, I guess it's kind of dudist in itself, right? It is, <laughs> man. It, and listen, for our listeners who don't exactly know what we're talking about, on, on March 6, 1998, The Big Lebowski was released. And um, and if if you haven't been listening for long... Uh, both Gabe and I are, are big fans of the movie and and uh, of of the character, uh, the characters. Really, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, all of them and the writing in the movie. I just uh, it's one of those movies. I heard when I, I remember the first time I watched it, and it was one of those movies that I heard all the hype about, and I wasn't sure exactly what it was, so I checked it out. And then when I watched it, I wasn't sure exactly what it was. I just watched. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, it interested me, but I, I, I don't think I fully grasped it. So then I watched it again, and, it, and I watched it again. It's one of those things. Like the more I watched it, just the more I loved it, and the more I kind of wrapped my head around exactly what it was. You know, yeah. Which in itself, I still kind of don't know exactly what it is, but I just, I just knew what to expect and got familiar with it. And then it, you know, yeah. I just kind of got lost in it and really just found myself enjoying it. But I, I think it's one of those movies that, that, that it's grown into cult status. Like when it first came out, it actually wasn't very well received. Right. Yeah. So, and, and now it's, it's so popular. And I think it's one of those things that it is one of those movies that you have to watch it a few times and you start seeing little things in it and understanding little things in it and then and seeing the twists and turns of the story and the writing and the dialogue and everything. Absolutely. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, man. You know, and it, for me, and this might sound weird, but I mean, you've known me a while, so I, I think that you're going to appreciate this more than somebody who doesn't. Um, for me, I had an instant connection to the movie because the character, the dude and the character, Walter, for me, both of those characters like personify who I am as a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I can be like, you know, when I lose my temper, I can be like very, very like Walter like intense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you're killing your father, Larry. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like you know what I mean? I can go that far. <laughs> but most yeah. of the time, if, you know, if I don't get there, most of the time I'm just, you know, whatever, man. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and so I, it was, I had that instant connection with the movie because I could see like both sides of my personality, like as separate people on the screen. And it was, you know, it was crazy, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. I think that can even tie into some of the fan theories about it, which you might get into later. But, uh, but, but yeah, um, I think, 
I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the character writing in that. I think they show these extremes of our human sides or Mm -hmm. human nature, at least, you know. And I think that's why it kind of is a really interesting character study, because there are these extremes, but at the same time, you know, they're all coexisting and all feeding off of each other, too, which is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really, you know, and the way that it's done is is brilliant. You know what I mean? Even, you know, even a character like Donnie, who is, you know, the the extreme of mediocrity, if you will. You know what I mean? Like um, just the kind of there without purpose almost it's really neat like i love it yeah and uh i don't know do you do you want to tell everybody kind of where our name stems from do we want to get into that right now or um you know what fuck it like if, for those of you guys who've been listening for a while and um yeah this is a perfect day it's it's the day yeah. of the dude man so this is a perfect day to, to say if you guys haven't um you know, dug around and figured out where our name comes from. There's a scene in in the movie um, without, you know, giving any spoilers, because I really suggest you guys go watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, There's a scene in the movie where the character Walter, who is a a Vietnam veteran who, you know, deals with some (laughs) some issues from from his time in Vietnam, we'll say, the character Walter and and the main character, the dude, he um, they're questioning this kid and it gets out of hand and the kid's name is Larry uh, and it gets out of hand and he uh, he starts screaming at the kid as he's, you know, kind of destroying this car. He starts screaming at the kid that, you know, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Um, and he, he just keeps screaming it over and over again as he's like destroying this car. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you, you know, fuck a stranger in the ass. Yeah. 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 Um, well clearly, uh, you know, on the, on the TV version, Walter can't be saying all those fucks and asses. And so when you, uh, when they edited it for TV, instead of saying, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. He says, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were, when we were thinking of a podcast name and kind of, you know, what kind of represented us, what, what, what we really enjoyed in life and stuff. Big Lebowski came to mind. Then we kind of landed on this line. Cause it's such a comedic line. When you watch the, the television <laughs> version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just Absolutely. stuck with us. So yeah, that's kind of the story there. So anybody who who doesn't know, you know, about the name, that's where it comes from. That's now where it comes know. from. And let me tell you something. I haven't thought about it till now. We should do an entire episode of you know just talking about funny, uh, you know, TV lot. You know what I mean? Like like TV switches for, for movies. You know what I'm saying? That's really going to take some effort for me, man, because I haven't watched cable. I actually don't have cable anymore. But I, Oh, I, well, me neither. I, I imagine they're on YouTube now, though. Yeah, yeah, we can probably find a list on there. But uh, it just it just seems like I'm so into Netflix and streaming. And, oh, sure, yeah. You know, every, nothing's filtered on that stuff. So they don't really yeah. – I don't know if they do that as much anymore, to be honest. I guess they still do because they still release the same movie over and over <laughs> and over on TBS or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but to celebrate the day of the dude, uh, we kind of have an interesting treat for you listeners today. This We talked about oh, yeah. it in a recent podcast about some exciting news. The creative team from Mother New York, uh, it's an ad agency up in New York, 
they put together. Wait, wait, wait a second. Mother what? New York is from New York. Oh, it's mind boggling. It'd be, it'd be <laughs> funny if they were from like Idaho or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, they're the ad agency that, that were the brains behind the Stellar Artois commercial during the Super Bowl. Mm. And we've got two of the creatives from the team that are actually calling in to interview with us. We're going to mm. we're going to just kind of hear their stories and how this ad that played during the Super Bowl kind of came to fruition. And, you know, hopefully they'll have some neat stories about uh, Jeff Bridges. I don't know if they actually got to spend time with him or not. But, yeah, they're they're going to spend some time with us here and talk with us about the whole process and about the ad itself. So, I mean, that's a really big deal for us. And to mm-hmm. do it on the day of the dude, it's uh, there's something very, I don't know what you would even say. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. Perfect word. Serendipitous. Yeah, just the energies and, and the universe are kind of combining and coming together and getting on that same flow. And it's just we're riding it, man. And, and it, it happened today. Day of the dude. We're I'm excited, man. We're interviewing the creative team at Mother New York about the Stellar Artois Super Bowl commercial starring Jeff Bridges, the dude himself, Big Lebowski. I'll have a Stellar Toes. <laughs> On the line, we have Mike Vidiello and Sarah Sharp. They're from Mother Creative up in uh, New York. These guys are part of the team that were the brains behind the Stellar Artois ad uh, that played during the Super Bowl. Hi. Hey, everyone. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. And Henry and I were talking, actually. It's the Day of the Dude today, so it's very fitting. Do you guys familiar with uh, with what the Day of the Dude is? No. Do tell. So March 6th, 1998 is when the Big Lebowski was released. It is the day of the dude. Yeah, man. What an honor. It's, yeah, absolutely. It all came together on, on the perfect day. That is uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. When when you guys uh, sent the message back and, you know, said, hey, let's do it on Wednesday, I, I immediately text Gabe and I said, like, the universe has aligned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Cool. Has there been a, a lot of positive, uh, you know, feedback about the ad? People excited to see the dude on the big screen again? Yeah, we certainly were, and a lot of super fans uh, were as well. Uh, there was a little speculation about a sequel that uh, I think we stoked a little bit. Um, and in the end, uh, they got to see the dude return in a big way on Super Bowl Sunday, and I hope that they're happy with that. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was at a Super Bowl party, and uh, honestly, I think that was the most exciting thing about the whole the whole game was <laughs> – let's <laughs> see in your commercial to be honest because I've, I've always been a big you know jeff bridges and the big lebowski fan and yeah you know it, it, it was just it was a really cool thing and it seems like nostalgia is is i don't know if it's just because i'm at the age i'm in my 30s now where like a lot of things from my youth or childhood or whatever seems to be kind of in vogue again but yeah. you know having this character that's what is he now uh 20 years old you know seeing him back on the commercial and that, that's it was it was fun it was great. It was great to work on. I think nostalgia turned out to be a big theme of the Super Bowl this year. Although, like you say, maybe we're just noticing it more because we're in our 30s now. Um, I can't speak for Sarah about that. But Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to out, out someone else's age, right? You get big trouble, especially when you have to be in the office with them, right? I'm 75. <laughs> 75? Wow. You sound sprightly for 75. <laughs> Thank you so much. 
<laughs> but for us, uh, when we have an opportunity to to create something like this, I think it's very tempting always to just go to the things that we love, right? So uh, yeah. I think that's probably how you end up with a lot of nostalgia-focused uh, mm. spots in the Super Bowl because people like us are trying to draw on the things that we love um, to get your attention. Sure, and, yeah. Makes total sense. So what is it that you guys do at uh, Mother New York? Do you want to tell us a little bit about what the your ad agency and your roles there and stuff? Yeah. So Mike and I are both copywriters um, and we work across a few different accounts between the two of us. We work with um, creative partners and so it's a creative agency and um, we do lots of different types of work, but um, we were lucky as a team to work on this project because um, of course making something for the Super Bowl is always so exciting. Um, and to be able to work with uh, obviously Jeff Bridges and Sarah Jessica Parker um, was such a huge opportunity that we were really excited that um, our client Solar Artois was was excited for too. Yeah. Um, well, a, I mean, to, to land a account or a, a commercial or something that's going to be played around the Super Bowl. I mean, that's got to be the pinnacle. You know, of, of, it's of, the Super Bowl of advertising. <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, brilliant, man. I see why you're copywriters. <laughs> <laughs> so the art directors had zero interest in joining the uh, the show tonight, so you got both of us. Oh, it, that's totally cool. If you guys are the are the brains and the copywriters, you write the lines and you know all that stuff. So we're we're probably good. And then we sit back and watch them do hours and hours and hours and hours of work uh, dr- <laughs> dressing the set and dressing the characters and all that stuff. Yeah, it's funny because I'm actually I'm a graphic designer. I've worked in marketing. Uh, you know, just for some companies and stuff for the past corporate stuff, you know, for the past 10 years or so of my life. So, yeah, I'm, 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 when you say like, you know, the art people and production people, that's definitely what I'm, I've been doing. So that's cool. That's so I great. feel it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so did you guys actually work directly with Jeff Bridges at all? Did you, I mean, or, yeah, totally. Guys- so a funny story about that. <laughs> so we were, like we just said, we're both writers, but we're on the set with uh, Sarah Jessica and sort of noticed that Jeff's call time to a photo shoot nearby was coming up. So uh, they had to shoot, in addition to the film, uh, still photos that go on the billboards and in social and all that stuff. Sure. So he was actually scheduled to do that stuff before he arrived at the film set. So we kind of slipped away over to the to the photo set in order to be there when Jeff arrived. Uh-huh. But while we're waiting, we get a call from the producer saying, we're shooting Sarah Jessica down at the film set. So we had to go back down. And when the elevator doors open up, who's in there? But Jeff and his people. But now we're just two random schmoes in the building. Yeah, we're not, you know, he doesn't, we hadn't met him yet. So we didn't actually get the chance to to sort of bombard him at that moment. And we had to just play it cool and uh, save it for later. Waiting for the elevator <laughs> doors to close so that we could scream. That was pretty uh, intense. It was epic. He was wearing the sweater and everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that's just <laughs> like, that's like like a kid opening a comic book and just having the, the characters come out. You know what I mean? Like even just the doors opening and that's him. It's so metaphorical. Exactly. Like I said, that. like I said, when we're when we're coming up with this stuff, you know, you put so much stuff on paper and you never expect most of it to actually pan out. And then when those doors open and Jeff was there, 
it was we were looking at each other like this is actually happening. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. So so how loud did the scream reverberate through the elevator tunnel? <laughs> as, as it I think they had to down. retake the uh the shot that Sarah Jessica was doing from the- <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is, does he seem like a laid back kind of guy? Or I mean, is he is there any like uh similarities to the character itself? Or? Oh definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um he well, the charity element was a big thing for him also. I'm sure you guys know. Yeah, he's involved with uh, several charities that I've I've seen. Yeah, very chill, very chill dude. Um, well, we weren't there on the on the photo set, but I imagine he was pretty relaxed. I know that he mixed his own white Russian for those photos. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has to. I mean, that's <laughs> part of part of the the, of the character. You just got to yeah. know that. They were both really great. Um, we're yeah. kind of glossing over Sarah Jessica, but they were both very gracious. Um, yeah. Sat and chatted with us. It was it was very cool to work with such high caliber talent that uh, was into the project and and into hanging out. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool to watch both of them just get into these characters that they hadn't portrayed in a long time, and to be able to do that pretty seamlessly, and for us to just kind of be flies on the wall. That process was pretty awesome, and you could see you know the differences between their different characters and how yeah. they brought them to life. And it was just really once a lifetime opportunity to see. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, was, I feel honored just to be talking to you guys because you were good <laughs> with these people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> you yeah, trying to I, say something? Hint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool from like, a listen, I'm not, I'm not a marketing guy in the slightest. I, man, I'm not an artist either. Um, it, well, like a, drawing artist uh like gabe is but um but man from like a just like a viewer's perspective it it was such a good call to have like the two uh, like two characters that couldn't be further apart on the social spectrum right like um uh, on on the screen and and you know sharing the same beer was super cool but i was wondering like were they were they already a part of the charity and that's how they got brought on or was this something that you guys kind of like came up with and then sought them out yeah great question so it was something that we kind of came up with as a um way to bring as much attention as possible to this great partnership that still artois has with water.org so Water.org helps provide access to clean water to people in need, people all over the world who live without access to clean water. And through their partnership with Stella Artois, they donate a percentage of the proceeds from the sales of Stella go towards this organization. So um, obviously that was really important to um, both of the characters, but before they knew about it, it was basically us figuring out what is the biggest way that we can share this awesome message with people because it's actually so easy to make a difference and give part to a a really good cause. So our kind of thought process as a group of creatives, including our our art director partners was, um, if it's it's this easy to make a difference, then anyone, if they found out about this, would want to change up their usual drink to Stella Artois. And the best way that we thought of to prove that was to find these characters who were um, famous for, in some part, in some way, their signature drinks. 
Sure. And so that led us to, of course, the dude and the white Russian and Carrie Bradshaw and the cosmopolitan. So there was a long list of characters that fit the, that description. Uh, James Bond comes to mind. Uh, yeah. Homer Simpson and, and Duff <laughs> beer. There was a very long list, but these two were right at the very, very, very top. And like I said before, you put a lot of stuff on paper and never expect it all to all the dominoes to fall. Uh, but they were on board straight away because yeah. of the charity. Yeah. What was the vibe in the room? Like when you get the call or, or the confirmation that everybody's on board with that, just what was the vibe there? So it was pretty tense only in the sense that all the, all the shoes didn't necessarily drop until the very, very end. Jeff was on board right away. Sarah, yeah. Jessica as well. But then there's obviously you have to work through the studios and uh, to get access to the characters. Oh, um, yeah. So just because of the nature of the bureaucracy and all that, that just took a little bit longer because it's a company and not a person. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a certain go until I think it was the day. It was like our last day in the outfit, December 23rd or something <laughs> before everyone broke for, for Christmas. And we were in the conference room watching the big Lebowski just, hoping to get that email from uh, from Universal that it was a go. Mm. Wow, so mm. that came together quick then. If it was December 23rd that you, well, you got... Well. Yeah, there, there's a lot of prep and, and writing and rewriting and all that that is happening asked, at the same yeah, time. Basically. Yeah, before and leading up to until that very moment when you find out that, yes, we're actually making this thing in a couple weeks. But we, were, sure. we had to be prepared and ready to go um, no matter what. Yeah, I'd imagine. What were the pitches like for like just the con the conceptualization of this and communicating that out? Can you describe any of that? Uh, all I'll say is just because you mentioned before about how you really loved the idea of these people who are so polar opposite finding mm -hmm. themselves in the same place. We tried a lot of stuff before we arrived at this final script that just kept making us question exactly what you mentioned like wait a minute why are these people in the same place and do we need to explain that to the audience and it just turned out to be more confusing if you tried to tackle it than if you just ignored it all together yeah well yeah because as a viewer what what comes across is you have like this you know really nice looking you know bar restaurant so you know you expect um carrie to be in that place but I don't, yeah, like you said, as, again, as a viewer, I don't think you really need to explain anything because the whole concept of the dude is, you know, you don't like, you don't really control life. You just kind of go with the breeze, you know what right. I mean? You go with the flow. So him walking into a place by happenstance just makes sense to me, you know? I agree. He wouldn't give a shit that he didn't belong in that restaurant. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. That's, yeah, that's what made it perfect for sure, man. And yeah. having him come in later in that story also is kind of like you're already in this Super Bowl ad world. Fantastical things are kind of happening. Disbelief is suspended. And then the sort of coup de gras, the dude shows up. Sure. You know, that's funny. We actually we talk a lot about movies and stuff on the podcast. Things, you know, from our childhood. Princess Bride is one of the ones that we talked about a lot. But that was also one of, one of the movies that... Uh, we talked about you had to kind of suspend disbelief a little bit because there's like these things in it where you see like the mats when they're like sword fighting and they're bending on the ground and, and stuff. But uh, <laughs> but you, you but you mentioning where they're uh, 
you know, suspending belief a little bit and just kind of getting lost in the ad and then the character and the story of what's happening. I mean, that's so important. I feel like there's so many people ready to just like alert, like when they see something wrong or if they disagree with something fitting in social media, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They rush mm-hmm. to the keyboards and stuff. And I mean, I don't imagine you guys have encountered much of that with the ad. I think most people would be happy to see Jeff Bridges and, and Sarah Jessica Parker again. Well, I think people were, you know, really excited to see these characters and from mm-hmm. Sex and the City fans and Lebowski fans. And I think um, you once you see them and you see them kind of in their glory and him in the sweater, it, it's sort of, there's this like, shiny excitingness to it that I don't know makes it really fun to watch and like you say it does kind of suspend your disbelief I think um to Mike's earlier point like there was definitely speculation that maybe there would be a Lebowski sequel but um even as we watched people debate that a lot of fans were saying absolutely do not make a sequel Mm -hmm. it'll ruin the whole franchise and so (laughs) we were kind of watching people speculate both ways and and a lot of people immediately pegged like, oh, this is this is going to be something for Super Bowl. So I think people definitely had different types of speculation. But um, yeah. in the end, I think the the cause, you know, providing clean water to people in need, no one could really argue with that. Right. Um, so it sort of gave us license to to bend the rules of these characters. And um, that's what made this, I think, such an interesting idea. Yeah. Well, like you say, man, I mean, the, the cause is awesome. The nostalgia factor is awesome. The people involved, Sarah Jessica Parker and Jeff Bridges are awesome. I mean, it's just how can you not get excited and enjoy something like that? We absolutely love the ad. So we're, we're happy that you guys did that. I think it's a great thing. And um, I like drinking beer, so I'm just going <laughs> to strictly drink Stella now. There you go. <laughs> um, I do want to ask. Jeff Bridges calls it Stella Artoes. Was that like a was that an ad lib thing, or did you guys write that in? Or he wrote it on it? our. I believe it was our very first call with him to go over the script. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> he wrote it, and the clients loved, loved it. it. We obviously all loved it. On that call, everyone was basically applauding in the room, and in the end, it made the thing. He, it was the icing on the cake. It was the thing that uh, we saw some people online latching on to. Uh, yeah, for sure. It was great. It just shows how much they know and how well they know their characters, of course, which is was yeah. really cool. True. Yeah. And, it, it, uh, you know, kudos to Stella Artois because, uh, I mean, there's, I think there's some companies that probably might not really let that go through because they don't want to poke fun at themselves or something, you know, right. but, but I think, I think this the fact that they did and they laughed, I, I think it, you know, speaks a lot for the company as well. So that, that's yeah, really no, cool. No doubt. They were great. Um, they were great about that stuff and just knowing to trust Jeff and, and Sarah Jessica and their teams uh, because it, you know, we're, we're relying on these characters. Nobody knows them better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let them take the lead and see what they do. And only only gold can come of it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, the dude has like permeated uh, just pop culture for all these years now. I mean, what what do you think is it that that just it has that lasting quality? What is it about that character? I mean, why why do you think people are so happy to see that? Besides nostalgia. Oh man. <laughs> well, that's a heavy question. <laughs> that is right. <laughs> I mean, um, our whole team is just we're all huge. Lebowski fans and we're constantly quoting the film to each other as we're working through this whole process and 
even getting into some of the lesser known wines and um, cracking ourselves up with it and talking about our memories from when we were kids and when we watched it the first time that we watched the film and who we watched it with. And um, I think, I don't know, it does have that nostalgic quality, I think, because I'll say my opinion, Mike, you can say yours, I think because it's so different. Um, Mike made a, I think it was you who made this point that it's hard to string together the sequence of events in the film because it doesn't really follow a super familiar story arc. And I think that is part of what makes it so fascinating and so fun to watch again and again, because you get something new from it every time. And it's just kind of refreshing to watch something that meanders and at every turn, it's just making you laugh. Yeah. That's uh that's actually really similar to me and Henry were talking briefly before we, we called you guys. And uh, he was talking about how the duality of like uh, Walter and the dude, these two separate characters, like he really identified with them. And, uh, and, and I, I was just talking about like the first time I watched it, like I didn't quite understand what I was watching. Right. Like I heard this hype about it and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know? And, uh, and so I watched it and I, I enjoyed it, but I kind of like, I wasn't like, sure of what I had just seen. So I went back and I gave it a second viewing and a third and a fourth. And it's yeah, every time, like you said, Sarah, I just found like a little something in it that just like I either identified with or that I, you know, Oh, it meandered and went there. And I didn't realize it, you know, and then it looped back in later or something, you know? Some, yeah. Something you didn't notice before a line that he took from someone else that you didn't realize that's where you picked it up. Yeah, Stuff like that. It just There's actually several just... times characters are repeating each other's lines, but in different scenarios. Yeah, and, and it's cool. Yeah, right. It's true. He's not the only one that does it. Yeah, really funny. And it helps. I don't know. It contributes to this whole sense of you not really knowing what where you are in the arc at any given <laughs> point in time. And it happened to be I'm not sure if it's those, but it was on Netflix the whole time we were working on the project basically. And we kind of made a habit of coming into work on Monday and slowly admitting to each other that we'd all watched it over the weekend or started <laughs> nice. watching it or, you know, whatever, put it on when we, while we were making dinner, but we were all catching more and more of those things. And I mean, at this point we've all seen it so many times, but to still be finding those and sharing them with each other is there's definitely something some special star quality. <laughs> yeah, that, that writing element, uh, the Coen brothers obviously being masterful, is, mm. is a big part of what makes it it's so enjoyable to watch and rewatch and rewatch. But to jump back to your question about the character specifically, I think it's just that deep down, we all wish that we could be stress free. Yeah, that's that's the truth, man. <laughs> a wish, but we can't. We're probably, I mean, we're New Yorkers. This is a pretty stressful business, I would say. Um, we feel, I feel like I am more of a Walter, regrettably. <laughs> I wish, yeah, I wish <laughs> that I could be more of a dude. Yeah, I wish we could all strive to be more of the dude, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I, one of the things that, that I appreciate um, about the characters is, and, and the movie in general, is how, like, as as life goes on and we experience different things, um, this is one of those movies. And, and I really think it has to do with the writing. I really think it has to do with the, with the Coen brothers. Really? I do. Um, be like the characters and, and, and your kind of relationship with the characters in the film 
just kind of morphs over time um, as you experience different things in life. And I, I think that's crazy. Like for me, for example, and, and like Gabe talked about, I, one of the things that drew me to the film initially is um, I definitely have a Walter side for <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, the first step is admitting it. <laughs> yeah. But most of the time I, I really am more of a, more of a dude guy. Like I have to get to that point and then the, the switch is flipped and then I'm Walter, you know, and um, years after I saw the movie uh, for the first time, I, I ended up uh, joining the Marine Corps and I, I spent nearly 10 years in the Marine Corps and, um, and, you know, went overseas and everything like that. And, so my relationship with the Walter character morphed from, you know, a guy before any military service to it, you know, a guy after experiencing war and things like that. And man, some of the little things that Walter does and, and some of those like stereotypical uh, veteran things that, that he does just crack me up now. And they're things that I never saw in that character before mm. those experiences, you know, and I think I think that's really neat. Like what, man? I didn't realize that. Uh, I, 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 I mean, we've talked about the movie and stuff, but I've never heard you say that. So, like, what, what are some of the it's things? True. That, so, been... so one of the things is actually like his relationship with his ex-wife. This is something that, like, it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 hard to talk about. Like, at, like, it, and I don't want it. I don't want it to sound like elitist or any or weird, but like, um, if you've not like experienced marriage in the military it's hard to like understand how um volatile mm -hmm. relationships are in the military and there's so many stories of these guys that get done really dirty by their significant others you know <laughs> while while they're gone but then they they come back and they're still you know just like wrapped around their pinkies you know what i mean mm. um just the same way that walter is and it's it's hilarious you know he's babysitting the dog or you know he converted to judaism and so he's he's sticking with judaism you know what i mean and um listen i like i know a guy myself and no way would i ever say his name but um you know <laughs> the guy the guy is raising two kids that aren't his you know what i mean um, that, that were had while they were married, you know, um, that, that just is, it, it's, it's a stereotype in the, in the military. That's so true. And, and the way that they play it with Walter is not only funny, but it's unfortunately accurate, you know, <laughs> and it's an inside joke with an audience that most people aren't part of, which is always kind of fun when you're in that audience to see that portrayed accurately. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these guys are just master actors. Oh, my God. And that's why the more, I guess, the more you dig, the more there is under the surface. I mean, Jeff, even uh, reading through the, these scripts with him the first few times, and even till the very end, he was constantly questioning his motivation. Do, do Carrie and I know each other? Are we friends? What's the nature of this meeting? All that kind of stuff we had. To yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's what he does, and and that's yeah. how he, you know that's how he comes up with stuff like Artos and and all that. They are masterful actors in that. I mean, John Goodman, Buscemi, you know, uh, Bridges, of course. Um, and you know, I'm not I'm not underselling you know Sarah Jessica Parker. She just wasn't wasn't in the Big Lebowski. I mean, our podcast <laughs> is named after the Lebowski. You know, so we gotta kind of be heavy on that. Yeah, but let's let's take <laughs> let's take a moment at least and take our hats off. 
for Hocus Pocus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, my, but my first Hocus Pocus and, uh, my first Sarah Jessica Parker exposure was Honeymoon in Vegas, the old Nicolas Cage movie that she oh, was Oh, yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Hocus Pocus is a huge staple of my childhood. I love Hocus Pocus. I watched an interview with her where she, I think GQ does them, um, and they did one with Jeff Bridges too, where they speak through their most significant roles throughout their career. Um, and so obviously Jeff spoke quite a bit about the dude and um, Sarah Jessica Parker spoke a lot about playing Carrie Bradshaw, but she mentioned in that um, interview that she had only seen Hocus Pocus once. What? But she never watched it again. And I think of it as one of her, one of the roles for me, at least that really jumps to mind for her. And I don't know, probably just because of being a kid when it came out, but. Well, the Halloween thing, when a movie is so centered around, a holiday, it gives it sort of infinite rewatchability. You can go to it every yeah. day. Yeah, my, my wife actually, I've been married about eight years now, and uh, when we got together, I don't think she was a big Hocus Pocus fan. I don't know if she'd even seen it, to be honest. But uh, but I remember, like, oh, we gotta we gotta watch this, and then, like, Christmas, it's like, we gotta watch Scrooged, and stuff yeah. like that. But, like, spe- specifically with Hocus March Pocus... <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> specifically with hocus pocus though she's just like i don't get this why do you like this movie? <laughs> oh man <laughs> you know? yeah i guess it just wasn't you know she didn't see it as a kid so and i guess when you see it as an adult and that's your first time it's a little weird but oh well i've never seen most of her work but i did live across directly across the street from her here in new york for five years so i haven't seen hocus pocus but i've seen her Walking her dog, if she has oh. a dog. Well, that's cool. So uh, you probably just a dog, but you I just probably know. casually asked her if she'd be in the ad then, since you guys were neighbors, right? I, I did tell her on <laughs> set. I was trying to come up with a way of saying <laughs> I lived across the street from you for five years without sounding like a total the cre- creep. a creepster. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> There's not a way to do it, man. <laughs> you just deadpan it. You walk up to her, and say, "I've watched you for five years, yeah. Sarah." <laughs> I mean, I was kind of. I was kind of hoping that she would just see me on set and have some sort of weird deja vu. Like, <laughs> have I seen this person before? They were extremely familiar. Um, were you doing the thing where you're just like hanging around and lingering around her, waiting yeah. for her to be like, hey, you look familiar. <laughs> yeah. She was really very, very nice. She like asked me more, pinpointed the the address and all that. Um, and the, the weird thing actually about that neighborhood is that Carrie Bradshaw, the character's apartment, is directly behind Sarah Jessica's actual home. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So she had, there's tourists and stuff coming one block away to take pictures in, in front of the, the TV apartment. But there's a decent chance that they might just see her walking by with a, with a cup of coffee or something <laughs> at the same time. It's kind of like weirdly meta in a way. You know, she's this character, but she's living there. Yeah, I hope she does it to just to freak people out. <laughs> yeah, oh, short jog to work, I guess. That makes it yeah. easy for her. <laughs> you know, it's really crazy, man, thinking about like how different, like how, you know, I mean, clearly we 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 live in the U.S., but man, like I live in an area and, and Gabe too. Like, I mean, if you saw, you know, a Hollywood actor walking down the street where I'm, where I live in South Carolina, 
like people would freak out, you know what I mean? But right. you know, where you guys live, it's like, oh yeah, dude, there's, you know, there's childish Gambino, you know, just hanging out. Right. right? Like, I've, I've seen him on the street. <laughs> have you really? Yeah. Yeah. I was at, oh, at a, on, uh, on Houston in sixth at Bar Veloce. <laughs> <laughs> I did you live next? Did right. you live next to him for any period of time too? Nah. Were you like moving around, stalking the celebrities? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to. They came to me actually. Sarah Jessica hosted the Obamas. This is in like 2012. Yeah, for dinner. She hosted them for yeah, a, fun, a fundraising dinner, uh, and I had to be escorted home that night by police because the whole street was blocked off. They had a big tent over the street. Um, there was probably a laser pointed through my window at some point that I, <laughs> Oh man. I, yeah. I have no idea, but, uh, that was interesting. I felt pretty special there in my tiny studio watching that. How did you manage to not try to crash that though? Well, I just, I think the stakes are a little high. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a whole nother level henry <laughs> hey, man, listen, i mean i had like, to show the police my past due cable bill in order to <laughs> to be allowed onto the street really that's out of that's out of control well i mean it is the president of the united states i suppose but um wow dude that's crazy man neat dude New York, man. I, you know, I've, I've visited there and seen some shows on, on Broadway and stuff. I love theater, you know, and, and my wife does as well, but, um, you know, I just, I can't imagine living in such a big and, and, and busy place. That's awesome, man. It's fun and interesting. Uh, but there are times when you need to calm it down. I think, but that's what vacation's for, right? That's what South Carolina's for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I visited New York uh, last year. Went with uh, my wife and my son. We went on a little family trip up there, and uh, we I we absolutely loved it. We uh, I, I can't tell you off the top of my head like where the streets are that we were staying. I mean. You know, being out of that environment. When I was in it, we got really good with the subway. We knew where we were going and what our cross streets were and all that stuff. And, there you go. But it, it was always it was always busy. It was always something to do, you know. And I tons of great restaurants and we we ate so much on that trip. It was crazy. But uh yeah, that's all I do. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah, we loved it. And honestly, like it was one of those spur of the moment trips that we just like, you know, let's play a vacation. Let's just let's go to New York this year, you know, type of thing. And we made it happen, but uh, it was, it's one of the funnest trips I've had. I've really just enjoyed it. You know, we just saw the museums and the Statue of Liberty and, you know, all, all those, all the stuff that everybody does, but it was just great just being in that environment and, and walking around and seeing everything. Yeah. yeah. There's always a lot of energy and there's just so, there's so much to do. I mean, you could take a weekend trip here every weekend for the rest of your life and never run out of of money? What is like the standard of living? I, you know, I always hear the stereotype of everything being so expensive, but I've never rented an apartment there or even looked at real estate. Well, I mentioned <laughs> the tiny studio in the past few years ago, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. I mean, so that, that's accurate. I mean, it, it's really just a really expensive place to live. Yeah. It yeah. Is. yeah. I mean, there's definitely people live here and work all kinds of different jobs that you know, obviously cover a huge yeah. financial spectrum. So 
people make it work and, and they're obviously really expensive neighborhoods and apartments to live in and, and they're mm-hmm. less expensive neighborhoods and apartments to live in and there are expensive grocery stores and there are <laughs> less expensive grocery stores. And yeah, I guess when you're local, you find out where the, you know, where all the little less expensive places are and you frequent those, I'd, I'd imagine. And That's true. I think the really awesome thing is that it's all crammed together. Like mm-hmm. there are some neighborhoods, obviously, that are, that are, you know, n- n- newer and fancier than others maybe. But for the most part, I mean, the city's not that big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tip to tip. So... That's weird. End to end, maybe? I'm going to say that again. No, tip to tip. That's it. <laughs> we found our it's... quote for, uh, for our Instagram. <laughs> we always do a, a quote from each show to kind of, you know, just advertise kind of the laughs in it. I think it's that not that it. big tip to tip. That's the quote. <laughs> yeah. Well. So geographically speaking, the city's not that big. We think of it as being big because of uh, the energy and everything going on in the n- sheer number of people. Yeah. But I, I, for me, I love the fact that we're all cramped together and it's not as segregated as in L.A. Uh, economically speaking. I mean, again, I, I'm broke in that studio apartment I'm in the fifth floor walk up and I'm looking down at Sarah Jessica Parker and the president. United States. So, this sounds like a plot of a movie almost. Right? Yeah. That's true. That's crazy, man. But you yeah, gotta I, love love the culture and the lifestyle. I mean, yeah. there's something about it you love it, I guess, to 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 be there and you know, find your way there. Come on back. I don't re- remember which one of you said that you're a big theater fan, but our yeah, office is quite me. near quite near Times Square. Um it's come awesome. on back, come visit. Yeah, dude, we will for sure. I, um, yeah, actually years ago, um, my, uh, my best buddy Jason and I went with another buddy of ours and, and we went up for, for new years and experienced the whole ball drop thing and everything. And, um, man, that was just, you know, and, and, and to make it, first of all, the whole new year's experience was crazy. You know, I, I, at the time I was single, this was, like I said, this was years ago, but, um, dude, like the ball dropped and, you know, everybody went wild, you know, people were kissing each other, like people that didn't even know each other yeah. were kissing each other, you know, it was crazy. Were you um, in your Marine outfit? Was this when you were? No, oh. I mean, I was, but like, that was never, listen, I was never the kind of guy to wear my uniform if I didn't have to. I think it's tacky. That's just my personal <laughs> opinion. But, um, no, oh, yeah. I, I, I I was just in civilian uh, clothes, but man, I got kissed by like three people, man. I got tested afterwards. I was, <laughs> um, but it was cool, man. And then to like top it off, we, um, you know, we just kind of went around, uh, looking for shows. We actually went to try to see wicked and the guy laughed cause they were like sold out for, you know, like a year and a half or something <laughs> like that, you know, Dude, um, please. Yeah. <laughs> But crazy enough, man, we got to see Patty Lapone in Gypsy, and that was so cool to me, man. Like, I was like beaming, you know. That was, uh, it was so neat. And um, we we saw Young Frankenstein. I love it, man. My my wife and I we're gonna try to make it up there because, um, you know, from my understanding, Les Mis is is kind of back on the streets up there, and and I'd like to see that in person for sure. Yeah, the theater here is really. I mean, it's there's so many different types of entertainment that you can experience here at like the highest level of talent, which is just 
pretty incredible to have all of that kind of in your extended backyard. Nobody I know has a real backyard. But <laughs> yeah, see, that's what... Metaphorical backyard. Metaphorical. The royal yeah. backyard. <laughs> that, that's, where, that's where I got your beat. I got a nice, like, half-acre lot that backs up to some woods, and you can yeah, walk through sure. the woods and go to the water, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's awesome, yeah. We do, going. we do miss nature quite a bit. Yeah. Well, you guys, upstate New York is is uh is pretty mountainous and, and yeah but who has the time <laughs> <laughs> or the cars right, right? right if you live in the city you're here you don't have cars so how do you get yeah, up there exactly <laughs> you, you, gotta, you gotta rent one I, I did it um in the fall it was beautiful uh, and it's great to be up there i wish i could have spent more time yeah but i think once around this time of year it's actually it's colder there even than it is in it the is city here, so, so it starts to not make sense to go do it <laughs> yeah but it's great it's yeah, great. Like, yeah, you have everything. Yeah, I mean, awesome. you have the Central Park. You got a little bit of nature there, right? Yeah. There are trees. Yes. And one billion other people. <laughs> there are trees. Shoots off. Every other New Yorker who's looking for like, a little <laughs> bit of nature. But even that, like when the sun comes out and everybody's been so starved for it and you go to mm-hmm. Central Park and it's super crowded, there's still something really charming about that. About all the white all thighs. Of, <laughs> just like so excited to sit in the grass and be around trees also <laughs> but yeah that's yeah. fantastic man that's man that's crazy man i couldn't i couldn't imagine you know and i kind of said i before i couldn't you know when i when i actually got out got out of the military one of my dreams was to go to columbia up oh, there wow. um and uh you know they they had some programs that were you know really pro-military and it, it looked like it was a possibility and um yeah, you know my, you know my wife and I. We got kids, and it was a hard decision because, like I said, it was kind of like a, a dream of mine to go there. But I had to come to the realization that, dude, I don't know anything. First of all, about living in a city like that, you know, I'm from bumfuck Florida. You know what I mean? And um, and I sure as hell don't know anything about raising kids in a city like that. You know what I mean? Like. The first off, just the fact that you're from Florida, not not bumfuck Florida, but just Florida is already against you because we get all the crazy <laughs> people down here. <laughs> and then when you add bumfuck into it, then it just you know you sink that much lower. I think in the in the scale of city living. Yeah, dude, listen, it's true, man. And so it was it was crazy. And now that being said, I you know I'm gonna I'm I, I'm still gonna attend Columbia. I haven't given up on my dream, but actually my program they offer online. So um, there you go. That's great. Yeah. That's that's gonna end up, but yeah, we it was it was a long conversation that my wife and I had, and it was just man, there was no way. I I love that you guys can do it, you know. I just don't. <laughs> but it's fun to live here. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows how to raise kids here. Sure, it seems like a challenge for sure. Yeah. That's what I noticed when we were there on vacation because we didn't go during like a school break or anything. We just you know my son, you know, we took the days off school and had him come up with us and everything, but like the playgrounds and stuff, they're all fenced in. We'd be walking around and you see all these kids like, you know, just fenced in this little like cement pad playground playing, you know, and then we passed a couple of schools doing that, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. You know, cause where I'm at, literally it's like, my son says, Hey, can I go out and play? And he's going in the woods to build a fort, you know what I mean? <laughs> Taking the machete out there. And yeah, that sounds better. Just, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, but you know, even the dogs here, the city dogs. Even the dogs. Yeah. It's so sad to see them doing their thing on the on the oh. concrete. Yeah, <laughs> they have this weird look in their eyes, like 
<laughs> Their spirit's broken. Yeah, it's not right. Oh, man. Yeah. That's no. awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so did you guys, well, so kind of bringing it back to, to the, the topic here, did you guys, are you guys both originally from New York or did you kind of go to New York for work? Uh, well, I, I definitely came to New York for work. I'm from Oregon. I'm from a suburb outside Portland. So nice. I also had a, a learning curve of a city of this size. And uh, and also humidity was completely new to me. Mm. Um, it sounds like both of you know about that. So oh, yeah. that was a surprise. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I came out here to work uh, in advertising. Kind of a, one of the places to be if, if that's what you want to do. So Sure. Yeah. I'm actually from Miami, but I won't hold that Florida comment against you. <laughs> well, nice. well, you don't have to hold it against me. You have to kind of accept it. But Miami yeah. is very different than I think, kind of central and northern yeah. Florida. Yeah, I was going to say I don't. I barely consider it part of Florida. It's, it's, it's like <laughs> North Cuba. Yeah. Now, are you actually from Miami, Miami? Or are you from like Carroll City or Miramar? Or? No. Um, yeah, Miami. It's the suburb that my parents live in. Is it's called Pinecrest now, but it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was Miami when I was born. <laughs> yeah. Still have the 305 uh, phone number. Perfect. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of my good buddies that, that uh, you know, that that I joined with, he's a Haitian fellow from Miami. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that dude's like my brother. But, but man, he's a uh, boy. Them Haitian boys from Miami now, they get crazy. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, it's different. Uh, it's very different from North Florida. It's like you go south to get to the south and then you keep going you go past the south yeah and yeah now you're in miami yeah 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 it's crazy it's crazy man but listen portland that i mean i've not i've not made it up to oregon i have a sister that lives in washington state now and i've not made it up that way yet but uh portland seems like a pretty cool place though you should get out there yeah it's beautiful go in the summer yeah go when it's not raining there's a, sure, that's sure. a small window Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the Pacific Northwest is beautiful. I definitely had more yeah. childhood than the adulthood that I'm currently having. But <laughs> um, yeah, you ever- and I grew up outside the city, so the city of Portland, which is a small city, but um, with like access to the fun things that were there. But you know, it's close to the mountain, it's close to the ocean, rivers, etc. Yeah. yeah, place to grow up. When get, I think, oh, go ahead. I was just ask if you ever get like melancholy for home and flip on Portlandia on IFC. <laughs> I <laughs> this is a really great question. Watch much Port, haven't watched much Portlandia, but the clips that I've seen are just like it's pretty real. So I feel like I don't have to watch Portlandia because I've experienced it. Does that make it less funny? No, it's still funny because it's like an inside joke about you for sure and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I'm not in on it, and I'm laughing at you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to you at me. It's fine. When I think of Portland, literally, I just, I think of a a, a bunch of people, you know, wearing like Ray-Ban eyeglasses and, and, and craft beer on every corner. That's literally what I think of. You're not wrong, Walter. Um, it's very, it's, yeah, there are a lot of, a lot of those things hold true. I mean, the the beer is really is renowned. Yeah, it's really good. There's I love craft beer and I love coffee. Well, 
it sounds like a place you should visit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's cold and I'm a huge bitch in the cold. (laughs) It's not as cold as New York. But Portland, I mean, Portland's on the valley floor, but yeah, it is, it is cold. It's more than that. It's wet. The constant rain is, can be a bummer unless that's, you know, something you'll enjoy. Yeah. 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 Well, Hey, listen guys, um, we wanted to do something kind of fun with you and, and Gabe, I think this is a, a kind of a good time to do it if you want, man. Yeah, sure. Hey, you got your uh, pen and paper ready, Henry? I'm ready. Listen, we put together, we put together a Lebowski quiz and, and, and yes. we're gonna- we're yeah we're we're gonna put you guys head to head here. Oh, against each oh, other. Wow. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The winner gets not only do they get bragging rights, but they get to say the sign off of our show. So oh, we have a little we have a little line at the end that we always say, and that's what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so that's gonna be your prize. So I hope you're okay with that. So, I look sure. forward to it very much. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to hear Mike record that. <laughs> Right. So, it's not a, a super long quiz, but we'll have fun yeah. with it here. And and it's not a speed thing. Both of you guys have have uh, have the chance to answer, and and we'll have like a tiebreaker if you guys get everything right at the end. Oh God! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a uh, multiple choice trivia questions here. Okay. So I'll okay. read the questions. I'll give you the options, and uh, I guess just to kind of you know see who dings in first and they want to have buzzers, just just say your name. Whoever says whoever I hear first. <laughs> I'll give you the opportunity to answer. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we'll do it that way. That'll and work. if you're wrong, then I'll default it to the other person. They can try to steal it or whatever. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. We'll, we'll try. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Big Lebowski quiz. Here we go. Question number one. How many times does the dude say man in the Big Lebowski? I'd be guessing. I would uh, be guessing. Yeah, here's here's the options. A. <laughs> oh, right, of course. There was like a huge choice. pause there. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We're looking at each other like, holy crap. <laughs> I don't, I, there was a dramatic pause. See the drama? <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right. A, 99. B, 237. C, 147. Or D, 69. I have a, an answer I would go with. All right, Mike. <laughs> I'm going to say A, 99. No. Nope. Oh. Not it. Can, can you, you take the steal? Can you, yeah, can you repeat B through C? <laughs> okay. Your D? Were there four? <laughs> B is 237. C is 147. And D is 69. I'm going to say 147. Oh, she got that. Oh. I like it. I like it. Does she have her phone over there? Is she Googling this? <laughs> I think we we know that the movie is like 200 minutes long or something like that. So, so there can only be so many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're one a minute almost. Let's see. Or no, not 200. What did I say? Like 100. Yeah. 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 All right. So Mark went down there for Sarah. I got it. Nice Question one. two. In the opening scene, the dude writes a check at Ralph's when making a purchase. What was the value of that check written for? Like, <laughs> yeah. I had to wait until he finished reading. That's one of the rules. Okay. 69 cents. You got it, man. There you nailed it. it. <laughs> and not only that, he post dates the check. That's right. <laughs> yeah. After. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
And uh, here we go. Question three. The dude tells Maude he was a roadie for which band? A, the My Eagles. Oh, I know this already. You know this? Yeah, Metallica. Bunch of assholes. All right. On tour. Mike, pulls, Mike pulls into the lead here. Here we go. <laughs> oh, okay. Man. I have a feeling I know who's going to get this one. What band does the dude hate? That's all right. <laughs> all right. The Eagles. The fucking Eagles. I mean, it's the Eagles, man. <laughs> yeah, she's got that. It's, it's the <laughs> Although I'm, I, I was debating splitting the point because he said the fucking Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the fucking Eagles, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to, let's see. Number five. What was the name of the adult film that Bunny starred in? Mike. Yep. Let me at least get through the choices here because some of them are kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, this is better for the listener. <laughs> I got one. Okay. Option A is in Diana Jones. <laughs> Number B, or letter B, I should say, is log jamming. C is gutter balls. And D is done in 60 seconds. Hey. I appreciate the misdirect by throwing C in there. And I also want to ask if you wrote A and D yourself or are those real? <laughs> I, uh, I actually Googled funny adult film <laughs> uh, movie names and these two popped up in a list. So I don't know if that list is real or not. <laughs> but, uh, so I can't take credit on them. But yeah, they, they probably are real. <laughs> All right. So what's your, what's your answer? Uh, the answer is B, log jamming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I might get some misdirection with gutter balls in there. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> How many times is the word dude spoken in the movie? A, 160 times. B, 14 times. C, 183 times. Or D, 69 times. Sarah? Go ahead. Can you repeat them, though? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's using strategy. No, you already buzzed in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll repeat them for you. Uh, A, 160. B, 14. C, 183. D, 69. C. Which one? C. D. 183. Oh, C. Unfortunately, no, that is not correct. Oh, Mike. Uh, can you repeat? <laughs> was, oh, one of them was, oh, really? was one of the numbers. Well, Sarah, should I tell him no since he tried it's to deflect the other, you? It's the other one that's uh, that's more than 100. All right. There was 160, there. 14, and 69. 160? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Um, you definitely it, looked this up at one point. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's spoken 160 times. But there's written on screen once in the credit scene of the dream sequence for Gutterballs. Oh. So it's actually in there 161, but I'm not counting that one because the question was spoken. So 160, you got it. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> um, what other name does the dude use to refer to a white Russian? A, Blanco Drinko. B, White Beverage. C, Caucasian. D, A Creamy Beige. Yeah. The Caucasian. Hello. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> All right. The next one. 
What war did Walter serve in? A, the Korean War, B, the Iraq War, C, the Vietnam War, or D, World War II? I'm going to take this one <laughs> because Sarah's cold is giving her a, a coughing <laughs> attack. It was uh, Vietnam. Yeah, that was an easy was take a- for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> he watched his buddies die face down. You take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vietnam, you got it. So what's the score? Where are we at so far, Henry? This isn't Vietnam, Smokey. There are rules. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, not watch my buddies die face down in the muck. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, right now we have five to three. Wow. Five to three in Mike's favor. Excruciating. <laughs> what is this? What is this out? Like how, am, is how it redeemable at this point? Or is my fun? There's oh, it's, questions here. It's, so. it's, it's redeemable. You got this. Oh, all right. Yeah. Keep your head up, kiddo. <laughs> Don't let that cold get you down. Just get a cough drop here. So. <laughs> all right. What item did Walter put in the ringer? A, dead cats. B, three undies. C, old homework papers. Or D, Monopoly money. Sarah? Yep. B, dirty undies. Hello! <laughs> the Ringer cannot look empty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's the name of the Children's Foundation that millionaire Jeffrey Lebowski is a part of? A, the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. <laughs> e, Leaders of the Future. C, Little Future Millionaires. Or D, the Urban Sparks. Mike. Oh. It's A, the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. He's got it. How right. proud we are of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. What's the name of the German techno pop band the Nihilists were formerly members of? A, Dead Cat. B, the Freudians. C, Sprockets. D, Autobahn. Mike. It Go is ahead. D, Autobahn. Hey. You got it. <laughs> you almost had him there for a second. <laughs> yeah, which one, did I, which one did I trip you up with there? No, no, no. He couldn't immediately remember. There we go. What brand of coffee do they transport Donnie's remains in? In the coffee can. What mm-hmm. brand was that can? A, Maxwell House. B, Folgers. C, Starbucks. D, chock full of nuts. Sarah, B, Folgers. Hey! Hey, she's got it. As a fun story, I will share with you that in college, I was Walter for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) I carried around a Folgers cup and poured all my cocktails in it all night when we went out and (laughs) drank from Donnie's ashes. That's amazing. That's That's genius. That's really cool. (laughs) You should lead with that. I should introduce myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, forget that you work for mother. Forget the whole ad. Just talk about that. <laughs> One time in college. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number 13. Which, <clears throat> excuse me, which show did Larry Sellers' father write for? A, MASH, B, Lonesome Dove, C, Branded, or D, Happy Days? Mike. Mike, go ahead. C branded. You got it. You're killing it, man. I don't remember how many episodes, but I do remember that it was the bulk of the series. <laughs> yeah, Larry's father is Arthur Digby Sellers. He's a legendary screenwriter who wrote 156 episodes or 
the bulk of the series. <laughs> Not exactly a lightweight. <laughs> Arthur Digby Silas. <laughs> All right. And the final question here. Is it redeemable? Are we going to do this one for fun or what? What do you say, Henry? For fun, of course. For fun. Yeah, All yeah. right. What is Uli's adult film name? Uli was the leader of the Nihilists. Oh, yeah. And he starred in the movie with uh, Bunny. So oh, what was his yeah. adult film name? <laughs> Was it A, Buck Naked, B, Carl Hungus, C, Rock Hardy, or D, Bronk Johnson? I don't you know? know. The answer is B, <laughs> Carl Hungus. Carl Hungus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although I do respect greatly the Seinfeld reference you threw in there with A, Buck Naked. With Buck Naked, yeah. <laughs> if I had a hat on, I would tip it to you. <laughs> right. so I will I will accept that. Thank you. <laughs> so the champion of the Big Lebowski quiz is Mike. How do you say your last name? <laughs> Vitello, right? You just Vitello. Vitello. That's how it is. There you go. Sorry. Mike Vitello. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And so with that, you are awarded. Are we ready to sign off, Henry, or do we want to ask anything else? Um, unless you guys got anything else you want to throw in. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I, we, we had a blast for sure. Yeah. yeah thank you. It was a really fun conversation. I really appreciate you reaching out to us and, uh, you know, just making this happen with us. Sweet. Thanks for showing love for the work. Of course. We really enjoyed the commercial and you guys did a great job with it. In all seriousness. Thank you. But, uh, with the final minute of the podcast, the sign off. Your prize is to say, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. So take it away, Mike. I think we can still do it together. In- no, 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 no. No? no. <laughs> okay. You got it. <laughs> this is what happens, Larry, when you find a stranger in the Alps. Hey! One, two, three, four. Mm-hmm.